All right, y'all. So we have a really exciting interview coming up. Uh, the Brick Arts Center, Brick Flicks, is collaborating with the Bushwick Film Festival on an exciting new event that's going to be featuring LGBTQ voices. It's coming Fantastic. up next week. We love it. So joining us today via phone is the founder and CEO of the Bushwick Film Festival, Koibe Koti. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for I joining us already. on Queer State of Mind. And <laughs> we already have an interesting connection because we know that you are from Liberia. Your um, family's from Liberia. Hey, and girl. How you doing? You got some pump butter soup over there? Oh, snap. Yes. Yes, so a real Liberian here. <laughs> Our co-host is also yeah. from Liberia. Yeah, that somebody was on your staff from Liberia. It's so good. <laughs> yes, honey. 100%. 100% right here representing that red, well, white, and blue. Talk, we got to talk after the show for, for real. Yes. <laughs> and we got to talk in our, you know, for real, you know, Liberian accent. <laughs> you know, she got her white woman voice on now, honey. We got two voices. Oh, Do not play. Voice. <laughs> you you know? know, it's funny that you said that. I was at my uh, cousin's graduation this weekend, and she sounds like me. So I was like, it would be funny if we had like a a school that taught Liberians how to speak. You know what's so funny? I told my my friends about this real quickly before we get back to the important (laughs) things. I went um, home to Philly and my aunt was like, you're not Liberian. She she made me speak in a Liberian accent because she could not believe I was Liberian. Like I had to prove it in front of the family. I'm, I'm still working on mine. I'm still working on mine. But you know, but you know, you understand it perfectly. But sometimes you just can't speak it. You know, it's like, a, oh yeah. But anyway, get back. We're, is... we're gonna have our connection later. Yes, she, yes. She, she, she just bringing together the diaspora, yes, learning from yes, each yes. other. I love it. So the event is LGBTQ Spotlight. It's a combination of a film screening um, and also a panel discussion. So tell us a little bit about this event and why you decided to have it. Yeah, uh, well, it's a partnership between the Bushwick Film Festival and Brick, and Brick has this incredible program called Brick Flicks. You know, they're a leading presenter of free cultural programming in Brooklyn, and um, Brick Flicks, they give the opportunity for um, community organizers and organizations to to use their space to do incredible programming. And as the founder of the festival, I'm always very connected to communities that are underserved, that are um, not properly represented in media, you know, things like that. So when they approached me about this screening, I was like, absolutely, I definitely want to be on board. I definitely want to continue to um, continue to provide a platform or space where everybody feels safe and is uh, welcome to share their stories and their voices. So that's how we got involved. That sounds so awesome. And it's yeah. so interesting to have something that really looks at specifically LGBTQ voices, and it seems like a lot of LGBTQ voices of color. Um, How did you go into kind of putting together that panel and selecting the films you were going to screen? Yeah, you know, we have an amazing panel programmer. Her name is Amalia, but um, as the festival director, I always, um, you know, stress uh, diversity in our programming and in our content that we show on and off camera. Mm-hmm. So when we were putting the panel together, we wanted to make sure we had all types of voices, you know, um, people of color, uh, people from, uh, you know, Asian American youth people, youth people from the LGBTQ community. So the panel is very diverse. We have a young, young, young filmmaker from Real Works, which is like a youth filmmaker program that's going to be screening his work. We have a poet from Asian American artist. 
um, Trey Harris, who is amazing, who's also from Bushwick, actually. She was in Newlyweeds and Orange is the New Black. She's a fabulous woman, oh, very wow. beautiful, very full of style. You should check her out if you, if you have the chance. Um, so, yeah, so when we program things, we just look at everything. We look at who's, who's making the content, who's on the screen, who's off the screen. Um, you know, are people, the one question we always ask ourselves, are we properly representing um, as many communities as we can? So that's how the, the program that's uh, great. came together. But we also had help from Brick. They bought on two of their their um, people as well. Awesome. It sounds like a great program. And I'm curious to know a little bit about the movies that you're going to be screening, the short films that you're going to be screening. I know I want to tell all the business, but like, what are people going to get you know, a chance to see if they come out next week? Okay. So, you know, just to highlight who's involved, uh, the the panel is going to be moderated by Teek Milan, who is, you know, widely known in the leading voice of gender equality mm-hmm. in the city and national, you know, nationally. Um, Trey Harris, as I just mentioned, Jess X10, who's a poet that I just mentioned, Jeremy Hirsch, um, Daniel Armando, who's a filmmaker, um, a young filmmaker, Billy Gerard Frank. And um, the stories that we're going to see, for example, um, Daniel Armando, who's one of the youth filmmakers that I told you about, he um, he grew up in New York. He's from the you know Jewish community, and he his story is about you know growing up in that community in Williamsburg and not you know feeling like he was a part of that community. So we're gonna hear his story. And Billy Durant Frank he wrote a film called The Absence of Love, and it's about a breakup that he went through. He was in a relationship for I think eight years. You know I think eight or nine years. I don't know exactly the amount, but it was a very long time. And, you know, him and his partner broke up after so, so many years. And his story is about that feeling of breaking up with somebody that you were with for so long and how hmm. um, how traumatic it is and how, if anybody has ever gone through this experience, I have myself. Mm-hmm. So you can understand, like, how you kind of feel like you died, yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow. So that story is there. And Jess, X, um, Jess X. Chen, she's going to be a poet. She's a poet. So she's actually going to say, um, do a, a, um, a poem uh, during the program. And, yeah, I mean, Trey Harris, as I just mentioned, we're going to show a piece uh, from Newlyweeds, which is um, a really good feature film um, that, I mean, the title explains it all, <laughs> really. You can check it out online. Uh, so, yeah, we have a very wide uh, selection of stories and, and filmmakers, and I think the audience is going to be really pleased with the evening. That sounds really great. I'm yeah, curious awesome. to know what um, experiences, you know, when we look at movies that are more, you know, mainstream, right, we're always looking for, you know, our stories. We're looking for something that reflects our identity, reflects who we are as people. And it's really great to see stories that reflect more of, you know, more of the queer experience and a more diverse queer experience. Uh, how would you say, um, I guess my question is, looking at what's out there now, how do we continue to raise the the, the, the visibility of works like this and, and how do we find more? Because I know that there are more storytellers out there, um, but from your perspective as somebody that, that does put together a film festival, you know, how do we find those artists that are out there that are creating these works and how can we seek more diverse storytelling? Um, I think, you know, I think it's being more aware, Mm -hmm. um, especially as a programmer and a woman of color who a lot of the times I'm faced with, um, you know, 
oh, we, we didn't can find a, a, a black girl, a female director. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, right, right, right. Female director to include in the panel. Um, I think as programmers and as people that own media companies or directors, we a lot of the, uh, I think a lot of times it's just unconscious, like unawareness of who you're casting, um, who you choose to direct, who you choose to show your, your film to. Mm-hmm. I think that we, the more we talk about it, and the more we're, the more people in the underrepresented communities talk about it, mm-hmm. and the more people that start their own things, become entrepreneurs, start their media companies. Um, we have the opportunity to bring it to the forefront. Um, so I think as a person, what am I, as a person who, let's say I'm not a part of the queer community, you know, um, or the black female community or anything, or any community that's underrepresented, um, I think that we, people just need to start being a little bit more conscious of mm-hmm. who, like I said, who they cast, who they, who they, what types of stories they choose. Because a lot of times, Filmmakers, particularly, they create films with their friends and family. You yeah. know, <laughs> like, right, right. They, it's, low, it's especially if it's low budget. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's low budget, you're just like, oh, I just use all my friends and family, and usually all your friends and family look just like you. You know, right. Um, so it sort of starts with sort of shaking up who your friends and family are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I can't. I guess you can't really. Well, you can. I mean, your family's who you are like very close to, but um. You have to be aware of who your inner circle is and try to diversify your inner circle, especially in the um, low-budget sort of industry. Absolutely. So once you start shaking up your inner circle, then it starts showing in the work that you do. Um, So, yeah, that's a sort of roundabout answer to your question. No, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. We all kind of get caught up in the people that we know best, our friends, our family. I think about it all the time. My circle is very, you know, very closed and very narrow. So that definitely makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk about this Bushwick Film Festival. You know, we're also in Bushwick right here on DeKalb Avenue. I know. Yeah. I know. I've been there before. Yes. So we know that we love all things Bushwick. And I know you guys love all things Bushwick, too. So maybe people don't know that there's a Bushwick Film Festival, I think, later this summer or later this fall. I didn't know. And I I live right here. I've been here for five years. Oh my God! Yeah, so the Bushwick Film Festival. This is our ninth year. And ninth year. This, this wow. is our ninth year. We are nine years old this year, Aww. and I started it when I was in my twenties. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, You're twenty six, like me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Liberian woman, lie by your age. You know how we do. Uh, <laughs> so I have grown up in this festival. Um, so the festival dates is September 29th to October 2nd. We have a great program, um, year-round programming, uh, including what's coming up next week at Frick on Wednesday, May 25th, the LGBTQ panel. After that, we have some workshops coming up, which is June 14th. And then we, um, our film submissions are actually still open. So if you're an independent filmmaker in Bushwick who is listening worldwide, if you are, uh, we are still accepting submissions. And as you can see, our audience is, like, amazing. They're very diverse. They are very forward-thinking and, um, you know, really love, like, authentic stories. So if this sounds like the type of film you're making, this place is for you. Um, the deadline is June 15th, and the late deadline is June 30th. And then after that, we let our filmmakers know August 1st. We even have a welcoming ceremony at the borough president's office that welcomes all the filmmakers and, and um and then the festival, like I said, opens September 29th. Well, um, I have exciting. a question. Are you screening um, unfinished projects or works in progress? We actually don't have a works in progress category, but people keep on asking us about it. So we think that we, if, 
we think that we'll definitely have it next year, uh, but we're not yeah. too sure if we'll be able to put together something this year. Um, but if you have a work in progress, definitely reach out to us so we can keep an eye on your films for next year. Um, see, oh, that's amazing. I just like the idea that, you know, because filmmaking is so expensive. <laughs> I know. It's, it's ridiculous. Are you also recruiting out of brick? Because I know they do a lot of classes and they have stuff for the, for the brick TV. They do that as well. Yeah, uh, we don't recruit out of Brick, but we have a really great partnership with Brick. Um, we also have a talk show on their on their channel, Brick TV. We it's called Indie Cinema New York. So there, we interview filmmakers from New York City, um, professional filmmakers, or people in the industry, and talk about industry. And um, yeah, I mean, we've been partnering with them, I think, for almost three years now. They're such an incredible place. It's such an incredible place for emerging. Media producers, um, they give you the tools that you need to really create some interesting content. And their, I mean, their network, their building is incredible. If you check them out at brickartsmedia.org and even Brick TV, their YouTube channel, you'll see a, a lot of, like, Brooklyn-centric um, content that, like, really um, has an impact. Yes, that sounds great. Yeah, I the production classes it. there at Brick are the truth. Yes. And they're, really, they're very inexpensive. It's one thing where it's like if you have, there's always these resources in New York. Yeah. But if you don't know where to look, yeah. Rick is one of those places that has, if you want to ever get into like production or editing or sound mixing, I'm like, there are classes there that will teach you how to do those things. So, I didn't know that. It is awesome. Yeah. So, we want to know, Kwebe, how can people go check out the event next week? Where can they get tickets? Do they need tickets? What's all the tea? Well, you know, this event is free and open to the public. Uh, so free 99. Um, I like free 99. <laughs> yes ma'am. I'm there. It is <laughs> It is free 99. Um, yes. You can check <laughs> it out on brickartsmedia.org. Also, if you just did a quick LGBTQ uh, brick flicks, you'll come up on Google search. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, brick is located, I believe, in 647 Fulton Street, yep. which is downtown Brooklyn. Yeah, it's right. 647 Fulton Street, downtown Brooklyn. You should just show up. I mean, the Soup Series gets pretty packed, so I would I would uh, recommend showing up at like 630, 645 to make sure you get a really good seat. Um, so, yeah, that's how you can come and that's how you can be involved. All right, definitely. So make sure you check it out. It's coming next week on May 25th at 7 p.m. It's at the Brick House Stoop, and that is on Fulton Street in downtown Brooklyn. Quebe, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Thank you. We're going to talk later because we need to get our little Liberian on. Yes. Oh, my God. We still have to get Queer State of Mind is produced by the Queer Minded Radio Network, a queer people of color focused radio community. Thank you for listening. Find out more about Queer Minded Radio Network, including our other shows, news, and more on our website at www.radioqueerminded.com.